Hey guys, how's it going? We finally are on the other side of Pokemon Snap, and I honestly don't know what to do with myself. I had a list of episodes and things I wanted to talk about because I'm on holiday. Like, I'm actually able to be part of this thing, like, for a full episode, and I have nothing because I literally spent it taking pictures of Sharpedos in Machamps. I feel like we've had this build up to this game, and now that it's here, it's like, what do we do now? <laughs> uh, sit and wait for the Diamond and Pearl remake, but I, again, I, I, I want to kill some time. No, we, we've got some, we've got some fun episodes planned. I think you're interviewing a shark person coming up, correct? Yes, it's gonna be cool. So we've got some fun episodes. We thought we would keep this episode pretty light. We don't do this often. Yeah, no, we really don't. Although every Pokemon content creator has done it. We've done it in the past and I really love doing it. It's kind of a special treat. We all have a little bit of a creative mind. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking about the kind of Pokemon that we would like to build or like to see based off the real world is a fun little thought exercise. Right. So we thought we would break that back out for this week. We've got some potential game-breaking mons. You have game-breaking mons. You have game-breaking mons. I tried to be good, but then you showed up. <laughs> I'm not worried about game balance at this point. I want something. But see, the thing is, granted, we'll let the, the listeners be the judge. I think that every decision I have made is justified. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see about that. Roll the music. We'll see about that. You've got some creepy crawly news uh, for in the science world. Yes, I do. And it's awesome because it took place in the place where I'm actually living right now. So in Japan, they recently discovered a new species of centipede. It is one of the largest ones in the islands. It's 20 centimeters long and it is amphibious. So this species being amphibious, what makes it so interesting is how they were able to discover it. They saw that the freshwater prawns they were looking through were getting ripped apart they wanted to find out what animal was causing it so instead of working from finding the predator and seeing what it eats they started with the prey and worked backwards and they discovered this new species now the latin name for it uh scolopendra alaconia alciona is based on greek mythology but its japanese name Ryojin Omukade is actually really cool because it pays homage to a dragon god in Japanese mythology. Apparently, Ryujin, uh, the dragon god, became in agony one day because a centipede crawled into his ear. We can both, we can all agree that's not fun. Ugh. No, especially one that's 20 centimeters long. Yeah. Now, what's really cool is that in the mythology, um, on seeing a chicken quickly devour the centipede, the god became scared of like, oh, snap. This centipede just crawled in my ear, a dragon, and this chicken just ate it like it was nothing. I'm out. I'm bugging. I'm dipping. And so for the time period, people started painting chickens and centipedes onto their flags to scare away the dragon gods and cross the sea safely. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so this is the... Yeah, it's cool. And it's the first newly discovered centipede in Japan in 143 years. I know centipedes are not the most loved, but... If Pokemon would throw in a Galar version of the, our new centipede friend, I would not mind. 
I mean, I don't know if you'll get it in Galar, considering we have Scorch. Right, right. Centiscorch, but not the Galar version of whatever region we end up getting next. S- save that one away for your for for our standard-minded listeners. Twenty centimeters is what roughly seven eight inches. It's just about. Yeah, so pretty close to a foot. Mm-hmm. It's getting up there. That's a really long centipede. Mm-hmm. And believe me, in Japan, they do not like centipedes of the public population. It's not. It's not a culture where people see a scary bug and let it go. It's a population where you see a scary bug, kill it, throw it away, move on. The pictures of the the picture that I see of this one, its legs look like little daggers. Well, it kind of needs them. I mean, this thing has got to get a grip on things while it's in the water, something it's not inherently built for, like a fish. So it's got to be able to hold on tight. Not to mention those jaws are nasty. You said, so I, I apologize if I missed this, but you said that they identified, what prey was it eating? Uh, prawns, small shrimp-like organisms. Oh, so it was also like shredding their exoskeletons. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so this thing is, has some some shreddiness to it. Yeah, I don't fear centipedes, but they are some nasty little buggers. There's a reason people like millipedes more, because they, they're less bitey and less sharp and pointy. Everything about a centipede design is built to trigger a fear response in a human being. Yeah, I don't wouldn't say I prefer either one of them. <laughs> oh, you've never had a you've never had a millipede crawl over your arm and it shows. It's not bad. It's actually quite fun. No, I've I have not. I have not. And I don't think I want to. So Oh, it's, it's fine. You'll you'll do it one day. It's fun. Maybe. Maybe when you're back in the states you'll get me a millipede. I'll get you a <laughs> Hey, I brought you a gift from Japan. What? This centipede I found in the water. Oh, God. I know what this is. <laughs> uh, so who, what, what Pokemon news do we have to work with? Well, why don't you start us off with, with the Pokemon Snap reviews? Pokemon Snap has gotten some dang good reviews. Like, everything's yes. around an 8 or a 9. Uh, the criticisms around the game are things like... It's too repetitive. You have to keep going the tracks over and over again. Again, this is not a game for everybody. We are going to openly admit that. But Mm -hmm. the best reviews I've seen is shows it as one of the most relaxing games since Animal Crossing. This is a game where you don't need to worry about battle potential. This is a game where you don't have to worry about strategy. Sit down, make your favorite drink, play a few rounds every day, and start looking for Pokemon you like. That's what I do. I literally just sit for an hour. That's it. It can be a little stressful trying to, like, hit those little flowers, the crystal mm. blooms. Yeah, if you're trying to hit the crystal blooms, it's like... Don't think of it like a gun. Think of it like lobbing a grenade. It's got to be... You got to get the arc just right. Yeah, you got to arc it right. Now, the I, I have been very... Granted, I only, I've only played it on Friday because I'm trying to keep it to the streams. Um, but from what I played, I was very, very pleased with, with it. They're like, the world just feels so like real like there's just so much interaction between the pokemon like like in the original one you had like meowth chasing pidgey and that was cool like that was fun or like eevee chasing the chansey like you know those little interactions but it feels like with this in this one virtually anything could interact with anything that like is in the same general vicinity of it you know oh yeah it's um, I mean, I we I've posted a few that I've taken onto our Twitter. My favorite so far is the Sharpedo chasing a Squirtle mm-hmm. because that's what happens in real life. In real life, they don't eat berries and little cute candies. No, they eat each other, and it's amazing. 
Yeah, if you get into the further stages of Pokemon Snap, the professor actually gives you a Squirtle that you then use to bait the Sharpedo. <laughs> oh, here's your next device. It's literally a Squirtle tied to a stick. And you're like, go on, go, go swim. Squirt, Squirtle, squirt. No, no, you, you can get back in the pod when you get two Sharpedos following you. Just don't worry, it hasn't speed boosted yet. Listen, if it's okay for me to throw apples at these things, and what's stopping me from going to the next level? Tell me about it. Ah, uh, we're monsters. Well, in, uh, in, in other Pokemon news, we finally are up to Xerneas in Pokemon Go. I've, I've noticed that we've started to get a few more, so we're finally getting to Gen 7. It's been a while. Yes. Almost. We're almost there. Almost there. Spritzy, Swirlix, and Gumi were also put in. Gumi. Give me the goo. I love Gumi. I'm very excited to see if Gudra is actually able to do anything in Go Battle League. Um, I haven't seen anything yet because I don't think anyone's got a Gudra yet. Mm -hmm. So coming up May 15th is actually the May Community Day, which we now know is Swablu. So poo-poo on me for catching two shiny Swablus in the wild and I'm no longer special. Chris, 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 do you hear that? What? It's the sound of no one giving a crap that it's a Swablu community day. Nobody cares. Well, gold Swablu is cool. Okay, yeah, but that's the thing. Nobody gives a rat's patoot about Swablu. Nobody cares. The Go Battlers will care. The Go Battlers will care? Okay, so the six of you can care. Hey, there's a lot more than six people in Go Battle League. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the I'm the average Joe. I catch Pokemon Go the same way my other friends play regular Pokemon. Oh, that's neat. Catch. Oh, that's neat. Catch. Okay, that's that is fair. That is fair. But for those who do care about Battle League, the Swablu, if you evolve it, uh, learns Moonblast, which is a marked improvement over. Uh, dazzling gleam which you know which will shred all the dark types that it comes up against in the great league gotcha so and also like swablu is hard to find so it's a great opportunity for people to get one get lots of candy to power up uh and also get one with a really good move set mm. all right all right i'll let you be you man i'll let you do you i mean don't take away my battles uh all right well that is all the the pokemon news that i have lucas I guess our topic is also our Pokemon. Yeah, it's literally like we don't have a topic this time. This is like the first time we don't have a topic or I'm not shoehorning in. We're literally just going to dive right in and start talking about Pokemon we want to see in the game. That's it. Yes. Yes. So let's just get to it. All right. So the way that this is going to work, guys, is that we're just going to we're going to take turns and we're going to say the thing that we want it based on and how we think that the Pokemon should look if it were to ever appear in the game. Sound good? Yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. I hope everyone's down with it. Yeah. All right. Well, Lucas, why don't you get us started? Okie dokie. So uh, I have my three. Now, I did base uh, two of them off a Brazil or South American region and the last one off a bird I've met here in Japan. So we'll go ahead and start from there. So number one, uh, I want an assassin bug Pokemon. Have you ever met an assassin bug? Uh, would I be alive if I had? 
Yes, you would have. You would have been in pain, <laughs> but you would have been alive. Honestly, I think assassin bugs are really cool. There, we have a few species in Florida that I see like rarely. Um, there's the one. It's called like the wheel bug, I think, or something like that. Its back looks like spokes of a wagon wheel. It's like a pretty large species of assassin bug, and it's got like this little humped spikes on its back. Mm-hmm. An assassin bug basically has a mouth that's a combination of a mosquito's proboscis and the venom of a spider. How most of them will catch their prey is they will hold on to them with their really sharp legs and stab them with this straw, and it will use the venom to liquefy their prey and drink them. So it's like it's like a blender smoothie. More, not even a blender. It's more like literally an. It's like an acid-filled straw that it, once okay, the acid better. is out, you can suck in the prey. It's gross, but I love it. They're really cool. I- very, very utilitarian. Oh yeah, they're great, little great little buggers. Unless you get bitten. Uh, the ones that suck, there are parasitic ones that suck blood, and they actually give off their own parasites that cause a Chagat disease, which is something people in South America will know a little bit more about that causes swelling and pain, and if untreated, uh, congenital heart failure is possible. Uh, but there are the, the, we're going to be talking about the predatory ones because there are some that when they're young, uh, in order to you know avoid getting eaten, they will stack dead insect parts on top of themselves to stay hidden. And that's what I'm basing my Pokemon on. Uh, The Pokemon is going to be a pure bug. And in its juvenile state, it's just going to be a small, evil-looking insect that is covered in Pokemon body parts. As whatever I can get away with that keeps the PG rating. I want the Magikarp tails. I want Cubone skulls. I want it just stacked with bones and whatever weird objects it can. I mean, you could do that with, like... Without being too macabre, like you could do like Ekans skin, yeah, that it shed can, or, or like mm-hmm. Shedinja type st- stuff. A Mimikyu's like empty sack. Yeah, yeah. And my ability for this thing would be something I call scare tactics, where mm-hmm. instead of a instead of dropping your attack, it would start and drop your defense. So literally, you shows up, you see this thing, good lord, man, and then it just drops your defense. And that's how I would play with this thing. Honestly, I think that could be a terrifying ability like i i really think the best way for that to um not be busted it have to be like a pretty um pretty glass cannoning pokemon i think it would lend itself really well to hyper offensive teams and it would also learn liquidation yeah it would learn liquidation but it would also when it grows up it would have that ability scare tactics but it would also get the ability where it would increase the power of drain moves by 50 percent like, so, so just- i would Mega Mega Drain. Yeah, Mega Mega Drain or Maximum Giga Drain, as I yeah. call it. Yeah, I think it would be a really interesting Pokemon to put in. Again, it's a bug type, so I'm thinking Glass Cannon. I'm thinking High Speed, High Attack. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that we don't have Mega Beedrill anymore means that we should have a, an actual dangerous pure bug type. Remember, the last bug types that were inherently like terrifying were the mega evolutions. Those are the ones when you saw the mega evolution of Pinsir show up, you just freaked out because that quick attack was going to rip you in half. But yeah. I, I really would love to see another bug Pokemon come in and actually be horrifying. Actually be like, oh lord, it's coming. Run for the hills. I, I think this Pokemon would do a really good job fitting into that. I mean, pure, pure bug is not a good defensive typing. Um, so that kind of like works, I guess, almost in the favor of it. But I mean, bug types always get U-turn. So as far as I know, I can't think of any that don't, which means that could just be 
in an insane pivot like for like it would be like a hyper offense pivot i i could see it too it's like also just stacking the bodies mm-hmm. spooky spooky as hell oh my goodness yes it is some maximum spook there is some maximum spook with this pokemon yeah uh, my, my second one actually comes um i i decided to go off base and focus it on mythology this time okay not a mythology most people are familiar with so i went to looking into different creatures in the rainforest in the amazon Mm -hmm. again the amazon has its fair share of mythical creatures the natives have always had different stories uh the one i wanted to use was the story that comes out of uh, the peru side of the amazon and the colombia side el tunche so i wanted to make my own form of one of my favorite pokemon so i want to actually take goler Mm -hmm. and we're going to mix him with the myth of el tunche so if you don't know what el tunche is it is a mythical spirit or demon, depending on who you ask, that roams the rainforest at night. Cool. Its whole thing is that it is a protector of nature. Anyone who harms nature and finds out at night, it will hunt down and kill. So it sounds like Zarud. Yeah, it's like Zarud, but like a little more intimate. Instead of saying, oh, the world is unbalanced, I must balance it. It's like, hey, that guy. He cut down a tree. Get yes. that guy. I'm going to get that guy. <laughs> like it's an individual collection. Okay. Incidentally, he collects the souls of whomever dies in the rainforest. And one of the ways that he is known to draw you in or freak you out is to start whistling. So the whistling is either a lure to make you follow him. Or if you whistle back, he could find your location and, you know, rip you to pieces. General rule. If you're in the woods and you have not established with somebody a whistling code and you hear whistling, don't pursue or whistle back. If it sounds like a human, I'm probably hiding because that's creepy. Hey, man, if you're trapped in the Amazon for long enough, you'll do almost anything. I I disagree. Even in that, I like, unless it is like you are like on the at the end of your rope. I disagree. Okay, okay, fine. We'll agree to disagree. Now, how I would take Golurk. Golurk is already protector of people, so let's just change him a little bit. We lose the ground typing, and we add a grass typing mm-hmm. to it. I think he's a, a grass ghost. We don't have too, too many of those. We only have, like, what? Decidueye? Like, two type. Yeah, we have Decidueye. We have only, like, two or three of those. And if we if people are that upset about it, we can just make him pure grass or grass fairy or whatever. Anywho, I imagine him, instead of being made of stone, he's made out of mm-hmm. wood. So it's just this giant lumbering hardwood, but the wood is damaged and decaying. Like there's holes and cracks through it. And as the wind blows through, that's when you hear that whistling noise. That whistling noise comes through. So I would like for it to know a few different sound moves. I would still keep it physical, Mm -hmm. but I would keep it a physical attacker, but I would give it a new ability. I haven't thought of it, a name for it, but my idea would be that any grass type is hurt on the field. It gets an attack boost, including itself. So that means that even if the other team has like a, a vile plume or whatever and you hit it, then that means that the Golurk is going to get an attack boost. Oh, any grass type would be pretty wild. That's cool. It's like a, um, yeah, it's a, that's one, I think it's a really good ability. And at the same time, it's, um, I wonder if how it would interact with like self. So like if you, um, well, I think with like competitive, you can't drop your partner stats. So I'd imagine it couldn't like use bullet seed on its partner to plus six itself. I would addendum that to super effective. Oh, really? <laughs> you would actually change- I would say if, if, if a grass type gets hit for super effective. Oh, okay. That's how you would fix yeah. that? I think you could go with just straight boost, maybe. Yeah, that might and, work. And, but, and, and I would make it a two-stage boost. 
Okay. Oh, okay. I see where you're going at. So almost like water compaction. Yeah. So basically like that way there's a little bit more, like if you have a grass out and someone wants to like max airstream you, there is like potential for actual punishment Mm -hmm. afterwards. Like you get that boost, but you might get messed up. So you got to know which target. Again, it would be a basis for a fun grass, like a double grass setup. But I honestly would love to just see this in because again, I love Golurk. And my family's from Brazil. So let's just put the two together. We'll call it a day from there. And those are, that's what I wanted to see. I want to see a more incorporation of mythology that isn't Greek, Japanese, or Chinese or Egyptian. Yeah, those are the big four everyone uses. I'm like, there's other mythology. Let's let's use some from other places. And you're, uh, you've been hoping for a while that the next, next region will be Brazil-based. Yes, because I can just scream in Portuguese. I can play all the vuvuzelas I want. Well, actually, vuvuzelas are South African, but Brazilians took them anyway. I am praying for Brazil because Japan and Brazil's relationship is so intertwined. It, it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Hit me with your last right. one. Last one. I thought it ended off chill. I, I want to base one off a shrike. Uh, this name was not what I was expecting when I looked up this bird. Okay, I think shrikes are sweet. Like, I think they're they're a really awesome bird, and they're so like sort of like stubby, sort of looking a lot of the time. Like they look almost pudgy. Yeah, no. If you actually look up a shrike, everyone imagines, oh, Lucas is going to pick something terrifying. Oh, it's a little cutie. He's a little cute little songbird. Yeah, yeah my neighborhood is um, named after that. Uh, in Japanese, the word shrike is mozu. Uh, these birds are actually tied to both the history and culture of the Osaka area. There are legends and myths about them here, but they also live in America. Back home, we have the loggerhead shrikes that live in Florida and throughout the south of the United States. They're really, really cute, but they have a nickname, the butcher bird. Uh, In order to hold on to their prey, these cute little songbirds will take their prey and impale them onto sharp sticks or any barbed wire or whatever they can find to hold it there as a way of eating them. What's really annoying about them is that they will attack just about anything if they feel threatened. Uh, when I worked at Bush Gardens, I saw one attack a marabou stork. Basically, this is a bird that's over a meter tall with a beak strong enough to crack an ostrich egg. And it is a ha- haunting monster bird. And yet the shrike is just attacking this thing, like just going at it because it didn't want it anywhere near its nest. These things will attack almost anything if they feel threatened. They are not scared. Good for them. They don't put up with anything. Yeah, we had one at the aquarium named Dexter who would attack anybody over six feet. He would go out, he would sit on your head, rip out your hair, and fly How around. did he know you were six feet? Yeah, anyone over a certain height is, and he's too tall, attack. <laughs> so I ha- I've had a relationship with these birds over my lifetime, and I kind of want to see one in the game. Uh, this would be the next, like, common bird of the region. Um, I would actually make it normal flying, but then have it turn to dark flying when it gets to its final stage. Uh, I would go sort of the talon flame route. I would make it either glass cannon. Okay. Or I'd go the haunch crow route and give it high HP, high attack. But I assume, I would, I mean, I, strikes look like they'd be fast. Um, but I have a new move for it. I didn't have an ability set up. I wanted to give it a move called impalement. Okay. Where it literally throws out a bunch of its feathers, just sharp feathers all over the battlefield. And those feathers now work like stealth rocks. So now it's a flying type stealth rocks. I think it's time the birds got their revenge. Ooh, that'd be, I like that a lot. That would be a really cool, cool way to shake it up. Hypothetical, would the uh, feathers in the air only affect flying type? No, 
it would affect everything the same way Stealth Rock does. I would honestly, I would work for it in that case. I want the birds to get their revenge. Okay, okay, fair, fair. Yeah, I, I, the bird, the, the flying types have been effectively had their wings clipped the second Stealth Rock came into the game. Well, now it's their turn to start doing some wing clipping. It's their turn to start messing things yeah. up. I mean, that's just me. I'm just a monster. What do I know? You know a lot about a lot. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I honestly do want to see this Pokemon join in the fun because I, I think that it's a it's a bird people can learn a lot more about. Yeah. It's a bird that lives in both America and Japan. So I think it's something that's really easy for them to implement. Out of all my choices, this is the easiest one to do. Throw a strike, make it mean, move on. And its appearance is very adaptable to the game. Yeah, it's got so many, too. You can pick so many different designs if you look up a Shrike. Like, what's really, I think my favorite part of their natural look is that they got little bandit masks. They look like little thieves because they have this black marking over their eyes. It's really, really cute and a sort of monstrous little stabby bird sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and those are, those are my three. I hope people like them. If they do, awesome. If they like them too much, Pokemon will notice and they'll never put them in the game. It's really, really sad. <laughs> all right well i guess i guess i'll go next okay do do your thing what do you got so surprise i leaned into ghost types no really shocking so the first one i got is not so much a a new one but it's an adaptation of an existing one okay and that would be a new form of rotom Okay, so what what appliance am I sticking it into? Am I finally going to get a blender? I, I've always wanted to puree my victims. <laughs> I am taking the original Rotom form because Rotom's electric ghost. Mm -hmm. And rather than just being that little spark of life that it is, I'm making Rotom a camera. You know, that seems a bit too on point for you. You understand that. I know that that, that should not surprise anybody, but I have been a little disappointed for... Uh, a bit that th that's not the route that they took considering they put Rotom in all these other appliances mm -hmm. where I was. So at this point also, it'd be a great tie in with Pokemon snap and all that. But regardless at this point between a lot of the movie episodes and the snap episodes, I've talked about cameras a lot, so I'm not going to go too hard into that. But a term you hear nowadays is DSLR digital single lens reflex. And the predecessors to that were just SLRs. And one of the main dif uh, main defining differences between the two is mirrored or mirrorless camera bodies. Now there are exceptions uh, in the DSLRs for mirrored, uh, mirrored or mirrored and mirrorless, but that's a pretty good distinction. And the idea was with uh, with SLRs, the mirror would reflect the image onto the film. Obviously, DSLRs are digital; they don't need to reflect to film. They have a sensor, so they a lot uh, a lot of them do not have mirrors unless they are using it to reflect up to the viewfinder. But a lot have turned it away from that because this makes the cameras lighter. Uh, it, it it makes them a little smaller. Uh, some might say too small if you have kind of bigger hands. So, how does this get incorporated into a Pokemon? So. I would take Rotom mm -hmm. and I would design it to be an SLR camera. So it would have, it would be a mirrored camera. So it'd be a little bit bulkier, but I'm also imagining like a cute little tail of film trailing behind it. Aww. The way that I am imagining it is that we're tying this with the idea of mirrors and reflections that are present throughout countless cultures. 
and and, mm-hmm. and myths. You know, people have been obsessed with the idea of what's in a reflection, whether it's in water, whether it's in a mirror, whether it's what's captured in a photograph. There are there are countless stories about uh, about what is in your reflection. A lot tend to lean on that your it's not just your physical appearance, but also your soul that's being reflected. It's the it's the um like the idea of like breaking a mirror is bad luck. Yes, and that stems from your breaking a piece of your soul. Mm. And so there's there's a lot of other reasons tied into it, but it, it kind of comes back to that root. So that's kind of how I'm tying it with the ghost, because ghost, spooky soul, that whole that whole thing. Again, little on the nose, but one that I feel was very neglected. Now, the thing that I would give it mm-hmm. is I would give it an ability called bad luck, where on initial damage, the attacker gets a random attack or defense drop. Okay. And I would give it, and then the the other flip is I would give it a ghost type move because ghost that has a chance to freeze the opponent. Okay. With the idea of being like, you know, camera freezes an image in time. Like again, not too like kind of on the nose, but I feel is just a missed opportunity to not have jumped at the other. The other idea that I had was some was an ability called mirror image, where what happens to the opponent happens to your team, like like stat wise. Okay, so it's like a um, it's like imposter, but you're copying buffs rather than stats. I could work with that. So if someone sword dances, now I sword dance. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Uh, but then flip side, if you're dynamaxing, if you if your buddy uses max phantasm, you get defense drops. Interesting. So yeah, that that keeps it from being a little too broken. Mm-hmm. But I like that. Like I like the idea of like someone doing a sword dance, and you switch in this Rotom, and then your Rotom is like instant buffed. Oh, that'd be so good. I love me a good ghost type. Now, my only concern is that Rotoms, traditionally, their only ability is levitate. Yeah, I know. That's why I'll leave it open to being just another spooky ghost camera type. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be Rotom. I just thought it could be an easy plug-in that way. doesn't have to be Rotom. Yeah. It is interesting. You've brought it up. We haven't gotten a mirror Pokemon, a mirror ghost, and that is a huge letdown like I, i'm uh, we need to have some kind of mirror ghost because come on you're right every culture's like mirror scary rotom seemed like the easy way to get it in it could just be it could, they made they made a tea set a ghost type like hey 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 <laughs> my poltegeist slayed in the early days of sword and shield that little monster is a terror I love Poltergeist, but I'm like, you made a T-set one. Why can't we have a like a mirror one? A cool mirror one, like a camera. All right, so you, you've made your case for mirrors. What else you got on that list of yours? What else am I scared of? Okay, so for next, next one, I'm tapping into classic literature. Okay. And Pokemon has used inspiration for from classic lit a lot more than we've at least we've talked about on the show because we have the three musketeers. There's you all have talked about Journey to the West. There's I I think I mean there's King Arthur influences, potentially Beowulf influences. So I am continuing this tradition of classic lit, and I want to bring the Phantom of the Opera into Pokemon. Did I just hear an organ somewhere? It's very <laughs> spooky, and so. For uh, and and so the book itself, like the story, draws on true events. Um, there, it's based on uh, an opera house called the Palais Garnier uh, that actually had the chandelier drop in the in a show when a fire melted the rope uh, on the chandelier. It has an underground lake, uh, and it, it was believed to be haunted, which was the inspiration for Larue to to wanting to write his mystery novel. Uh, it was actually his second book, so crushed it. The Phantom himself. Uh, also known as Eric, as 
all phantoms are known uh in canon is a disfigured man living below the opera house who takes an obsessive interest in the singer christine and proceeds to tutor her as well as manipulate the opera house to push her to the forefront uh and when he is rejected he gets a little murdery a little he hangs some people drops chandeliers on the audience kind of kind of not not great um but and so we're not gonna we're not gonna adapt that part into pokemon we're gonna leave that that part out so uh i hope you're ready for me to break the game lucas <sighs> go on all right let's see it so i'm building here basically a sound-based spooky indeedy okay and like the uh like like the story where it's like you don't know ghost or man i'm going to make the first normal ghost type yeah that's a wild type. Uh, yeah, we, we don't have a ghost normal, right? Yes. Like only- How on earth are you going to make this work? So, well, one, I'm making a normal ghost because it's going to have, what, three immunities? Because you can't hit it normal, can't hit it ghost, and you can't hit it with fighting. Okay, yeah, that's already annoying. The only thing that can hit it for super effective is dark types. Right. And so the way that I could see it is you could do your typical ghost type where it's just a giant glass cannon, right? Um, you, I was also thinking it could be a bulkier support mon, kind of like a uh, a jellicent. Okay, yeah, I I feel like bulky support is kind of Indeedee's mo anyway. Yeah, well, unless you're Don and build big number Indeedee. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, what I was uh what I was hoping for was to build an Indeedee that doesn't need psychic terrain or doesn't need terrain to like wreck face. Okay. Uh, and so sound based. It gets access to lots of different moves. Echoed Voice would be super buff, but one in particular caught my eye, which was Boom Burst. So you want to just power up Boom Burst to an ungodly proportion. So stick with me on this. So Boom Burst has base damage 140. Mm -hmm. It's the strongest move in the game that does not have any negative effects on the user. Right. Correct. I imagine it it has like an overdrive sort of ability. Punk Rock. That's the name I'm thinking of. Overdrive is the move. Or 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 something similar to it. But basically, buff its sound-based moves. Yeah. So that 140 gets a 30% buff. Mm-hmm. Boom Burst being normal typing gets stab. So we're at, what, plus 80% to base damage? Pretty right. much. It's terrifying. And then give it Throat Spray as its held item to boost its attack, or its special attack. Throat spray, like when you use, after you use a sound-based move, you spray it and you get stronger. Yeah. Yes. So now Boom Burst itself is pushing like 370, if my math is correct. Oh, that's absurd. That sounds painful. It may, it means I'm going to have to put something with Scrappy on my team to kill it. To Yeah, to basically like you have to get this thing down or it's just going to completely wreck your team yeah no that would be insane yeah i'm just thinking of the um uh of the 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 famous high note from the actual song phantom of the opera in the musical it's just if you if you've ever heard phantom of the opera you know this high note i'm talking about where it just she just keeps going i'm just imagining it and then there's you in the background with the mask going yes sing for me yes exactly um a couple other variations that i thought could be fun would be an ability that uh accelerates the impacts of echoed voice okay but then the other one is i want to give it uh i i want to make orangaroo less special and i want to give this one instruct as well because the phantom tutored christine in the show in the novel all that so i want to give it instruct okay i mean 
it makes sense. I feel bad because Oranguru being an orangutan, being like so ridiculously smart is awesome. But we all thought Blaze Kick was special when Blaze Kick got it, and then we gave it to everybody else. Yeah. So I think I think that that could be a, a fair a fair one to give. Yeah, can't fake it out. Yeah. Oh, it would be an incredible trick room setter. Generally, just good typing. Good. Um, and I would it would almost definitely have hyper voice or boom burst. So the counter would obviously be a rise in fast dark types that can throat chop it. Mm-hmm. So Weavile, Weavile comes back. Yes, Weavile comes back to counter the Phantom because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's going to get it. <laughs> Otherwise, he's just going to sing you into the ground. Yeah, that's just and the... maybe some if it was going to be like an important mon for the generation, which it seems like a cool idea. I could see it having like like being a pseudo mythical, like a signature spread ghost sound move as well. Uh, I I like it. I like I I like the <laughs> I tried to create one that had as many immunities as possible, and I think I succeeded. <laughs> succeed. You did good. Yeah. So my last one, uh, which I talked about for the Phantom for a while, so we'll keep this one kind of short and sweet. But I mentioned it when we were originally hypothesizing for Zarud, and it wasn't that. So I'm bringing back Gremlins. Like the 1980s Gremlins or like the ones that destroyed planes? The ones that destroyed planes. Oh, okay. So Gremlins based, were, were popularized by the uh, Royal Air Force in World War II as these these tiny little things that would basically cause things to go wrong in airplanes. Uh, they were just, you know, very mechanical, tinkering with things and just completely ruining things and wrecking flight. Surprisingly, a lot more modern than I think a lot of people would think of the idea of gremlins. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's, I mean, I feel like the design is still pretty open. You could even lean a little bit into the, the 1980s movie, you know, to, to kind of get on it. So it's not just like some kind of like little humanoid like thing that's just out there. But the thing that I was struggling with, Lucas, mm-hmm. is... I originally wanted to make a dark fairy. Okay. But we just got Impidimp. Yeah, we just did. So you want to make a ghost fairy? So I was going to make it steel fairy. Oh, okay. To tie it back to the, the tinkeringness of its origins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't, I can't remember if there was any, if there was an ability called tinker or not, but I would want it to just, I basically like I I want it to be a variation of prankster. The way that I wanted Tinker to work was that it gave priority to steel moves. That's kind of fun. Oh, okay. So you want it to that way anytime so anytime this Pokemon uses like a uh, I was just about to say bullet punch. Anytime it uses like iron head or something, it automatically goes first. Yes. Like like right. Galewind. Yeah, basically yeah, there that's that's yeah. better than prankster. Yes, yes. A Galewind for steel moves. Okay. See, now when you said Tinkerer, I would have actually, um, I would have twisted it to, instead of being positive for you, be negative to them. Like if you attack like a steel type, you, any steel type you attack, you get a boost to your attack. Or, or you drop their defense. Ooh, that's interesting too. When you hit a steel type, automatic defense drop. I kind of like this priority steel I would be cool. I would imagine it would be pretty fast unless they give it like shift gear, which actually they might. That's kind of neat. Um, there's metal oh, sound, yeah. metal burst, which is like, but pr- priority counter wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, iron defense, whatever gear up does. I think I, I, those are all fun. Those are all a little bit more. You lean, you had a little bit of, of lore, but you, you were more nature stuff. So I thought I would lean a little bit into pop culture, um, you know, lore type stuff. So those are the ones I had Don, Why don't you hit us with what you got? It's uh, yeah. So I think 
it's kind of surprising that we don't really have a lionfish Pokemon. Yeah, I like. I mean, like Lumineon's kind of got some stuff, but we don't have like a true. I mean, water poison is the obvious typing. Um, you could also maybe make a like a water dark argument since they're invasive. Slow for sure, obviously, given the fact that they're very slow fish. Probably like physically tanky, high attack defense. Maybe I'd like to see an improved version of Poison Point if there's a way to justify it, like a more offensive Toxapex. So, I mean. They're invasive, which is bad, but from a purely aesthetic standpoint, they look, in my opinion, really cool, especially like the, like, the lionfish or like the dwarf fuzzies, I think are really cool. They're just an aesthetically pleasing animal. There's some cool, like, invasive lore, so maybe it'll make people curious to learn about them a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other abilities they could have. Um, Honestly, like, try not to make it be quillfish. I think, like, a special poison ability would be cool. Infiltrator lets you hit through screens and substitute. Infiltrator would be a fitting ability on there, though, I think. That's a good nod at the invasiveness. Yeah, I would like to see, because, po- I mean, Poison Point's not that good. I mean, I guess we have Static. Maybe if there was another um, nerve, so it just wouldn't completely invalidate Poison Point. I mean, it's not very good. Yeah. Um, I think I'm good. All right. Well, on that note, let's head to the wrap-up, Lucas. Yo, let's go. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I was only able to be part of this episode because I'm on vacation for a bit, but I'm always happy to join up with the rest of the regular crew. Ah, it's so good to hear from you guys again. Oh, when you were like, I've got time to go, we were like, let's make this happen. So I'm glad we were able to squeeze you in. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to working more on it with you guys later on. But for now, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, we like to have relaxing episodes too, ones where we literally just sit down with our drink of choice and just, you know, talk about Pokemon. That's where we all started off here anyway. So thank you guys so much for listening to our mad ramblings of different Pokemon. This was a bit of a longer episode, but we hope you guys sat through it and enjoyed our um, our thought experiment. Our, our musings. Our musings, yes, our musings. So uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to give a special shout out to EJ, our new patron. Thank you so much. Every one of our fans is special, but our patrons are the ones who help really keep us going. So thank you so much for your contribution, EJ. We promise we won't let you down. Thank you so, so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you, EJ. Another way to support the show, we mention it all the time, but it truly helps, is leaving a review on your podcasting uh, app of choice. We've been doing it for well, a couple of months now, what, Lucas, where we, we take so, where people have been asking for topic ideas and we've been having a lot of fun hearing what they want and, and giving the people what they want. I have so many of my ideas on the back burners, thanks to you people, because you all keep coming up with better ones. <laughs> but um, no, it, it, it truly does help uh, it, people find the show and, and get more listeners exposed to the, to us. Uh, so, so thank you. So thank you uh, as well. Um, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate the time that you give us to listen to our show um, because we really like talking about this and connecting it with you. And so thank you. <laughs> Also, we will be having another Pokemon Snap stream this week. Uh, we'll be doing it at the same time as the last one, about 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please, if you want to watch us play more Pokemon Snap and want to watch as I discuss the natural world and it's copying and watch Chris complain about how his camera isn't good enough, you can go ahead and do that again. I am, I am getting past it because they, unlike the original, they let you keep photos that you like. So I can have my, I'll take the professor's centered up close photos and I'll take my artsy rule of thirded photos and save those for myself. So I, I have less problems Mm -hmm. this time. Awesome. 
All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.